Good Tuesday to you and welcome. Bill Michaels Show is on the air. I am Bill Michaels and uh, Ben Kenny producing the program today as well. Ben, do you get the sense that maybe people listen to the program? I've gotten that and, sense before. Uh, yeah, I think people listen to the program and, um, you know, they they take it to heart. Christian Yelich last night, we had a whole discussion about the totality of home runs this year. 15 or more. Or 15 or less. And uh, damned if he didn't go yard. Had a good game last night, too. I was at the ballpark. It was uh, a very sparse crowd last night. I don't know if it showed on TV or not. But a very sparse crowd last night at uh, American Family Field. But they were treated to uh, some good baseball. As uh, Lauer yesterday had that early inning, you know, that that he struggled a little bit, and then all of a sudden he just started to dial it in. He ended up, I think it was bang, 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 four straight strikeouts, and uh, he just really never looked back after that. Uh, the, the, obviously, they tied it up, uh, but that's when Yelich in that inning went yard. I think it was the fourth or fifth inning went yard. And... Uh, and then everything just kind of, the, you know, the Donnybrook was on, so to speak. Six runs total for the Brewers last night. A grand salami for uh, Christian Yelich, who, by the way, that that was no cheapy. He got every damn bit of that one. He got he hit a double early on. And, uh, and that one I looked at because he pulled the ball. And I thought to myself at the time, I almost tweeted it out and said something to the effect of had he gotten a hold of that one, he, he would have hit that one out of the ballpark as well because that was one, I think it got a little down near the trademark of the bat and just didn't sound right coming off the bat. And he pulled it down the line and uh, ended up falling in for a double early on in that contest. Uh, but the next time up, this is what it sounded like. The 1-0 pitch and Yelich a high drive, deep right field. This ball is way back. Bye-bye baseball. Christian Yelich with a grand slam. And the Brewers break this game open in the fourth. Uh, they certainly did, and they never looked back after that as the Brewers go on to get a win and a nice win at home for those that were there last night that had a chance to see it. Uh, speaking of Brewers, today on the program, we're going to talk with none other than Brandon Woodruff is going to be joining us coming up here in about uh, about 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops. So stay tuned for that. Brandon Woodruff is going to be here. So we're going to talk with him a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, good game last night by the Brewers. Bucks off last night. Back at it again tomorrow night. So if you're uh, waiting for Bucks chatter, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Steve Ashburner, by the way, is going to be joining us uh, coming up in the last hour of the show. And uh, we're also going to talk some Packers football today. Good morning football. I was watching this morning, and they were referencing the Green Bay Packers the last time the Packers took a wide receiver, running back, what have you, in the first round, going all the way back to J Javon Walker. And I, <laughs> when you start to reference Paul Tagliabue, music back in the day as to when it was and what it was, the how long it's been for the Green Bay Packers to take a wide receiver in the first round of the NFL draft and what the Packers' needs really are and what this team needs to do I think is rather interesting, so we're going to get into that 
coming up here in uh, a little bit as well. So good stuff all around today. Uh, obviously, the Brewers get the win with the win last night. They are now tied. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. They're only a half game behind the Cubs and the Cardinals. Uh, the Cubs have won two in a row. The Cardinals uh, lost one. Cardinals sitting at five and three. Cubs sitting at six and four. Uh, Brewers at six and five, a half game behind the Cubs and the Cardinals for the top spot in the Central. Cincinnati has now lost seven straight. Seven straight. After starting the season two and two, they have lost seven straight. Now, again, uh, they weren't projected to do anything, so it's not surprising by any stretch of the imagination. And then the uh, the Pirates last night after losing to the Brewers, sitting at five and five, and they are a half game behind the crew and a half, one game away from the top spot in the Central is everything is seemingly somewhat jumbled up. How would you like to be, you know, the Pirates, or not the Pirates, but the Reds, the Diamondbacks? You look at some of these teams that are already, the Rangers are three and a half, but these teams are already four and a half games back. A week and a half into baseball. And these teams are four and a half games back. Your season's pretty much done. Um, the uh, And you're right. Taylor says that swing last night by Yelich looked more like 2019. I don't know. What about it was different, but it looked much like uh, his old swing. wasn't just uh, throwing his hands at it. Everything was all together. That was that was all pure. That was all pure. And there was no doubt about that ball. None. Now, we said yesterday he's had a couple where he's hit the ball hard, where that double he had over the weekend, that line drive to the deepest part of the ballpark off the center field wall, that was solid. It was a solid rope. And had it been pulled down the left field or right field line, chances are it's out of the ballpark without a doubt. But it, it, it never got more than maybe 30 feet into the air, 20 feet into the air. That thing was a laser. Last night, same thing. That bomb, hopefully, hopefully, that bomb was the uh, start of bigger and better things. I did have a few people last night, Ben. Uh, I was walking into the ballpark. There was a couple of guys. Uh, I got there. About, uh, last night was, what, a 640 game? I guess I got there about a quarter after 4, 415. There were some people standing in line to get in. And usually the people that are standing in line to get in are the ones that are kind of the autograph seekers. They run in and then they run down by the field and they wait and see if they can to, you know, get a sign, signing or something like that. Um, so I'm walking in last night and uh, one one of the guys that were standing there, there's like four or five of them. One of the guys looked over and, you know, kind of yelled at me, you know, hey, how you doing? And he said, Yelich, more than 15. So they were listening. Yelich, more than 15. And his buddy said, there's no way. He said, 12 at best. Then the other guy said, well, he only hit nine, you know. And then another guy yelled in, Give, let, lighten up on Yelich. Give Yelich a break. And I'm like, I'm just picking a number here. <laughs> I'm not being hard on the guy. I'm just picking a number. So last night, people are listening. And hopefully somebody in that clubhouse was listening and said, hey, people picking you to hit less than 15 home runs this year. So maybe that inspired him. I always get a kick to see if somebody is actually listening to the program. So last night, Yelich goes yard. Good outing last night as well by Eric Lauer, who, uh, like I said, early on in the contest, struggled a little bit. And then uh, after that, he settled down. Settled down big time. Gave up that uh, that early double. Uh, Hayes gets the double to lead off the game. And then after that, three straight putouts. And uh, then he went on this strikeout binge uh, where he had a strikeout the, uh, to end the second a couple of strikeouts in the third and one to end the third and went on from there. So solid game last night by the crew. Back at it again tonight. You got Brubaker on the mound. Uh, Corbin Burns goes to the hill tonight 
for the crew. So looking forward to that. But like I said, we've got uh, coming up here in just about 10 minutes. Well, less than that, about 5, 10 minutes. We're going to talk with uh, Brandon Woodruff. He's going to be joining us. So Eric Lauer, by the way, getting uh, his first win of the season. Lauer, six innings, five hits. Ended up with five total strikeouts. Uh, just the one run. That was it. Gustav came in. He goes an inning, only gives up a hit. Uh, Milner comes in a couple of base knocks, but doesn't give up a run. And Urena uh, comes in, and he closes things out. He goes in one, two, three fashion. 13 pitches, eight of them for strikes, uh, all ground balls, and uh, I take that back, one put out at the end of the game, and that was the extent of it. So Brewers with a good night last night. And to see Colton Wong get a base knock, Willie Adamas get a base knock. Like I said, Christian Yelich with a double and that grand slam last night. McCutcheon struggled a little bit. Uh, 0 for 3, had one walk but had uh, two strikeouts. Uh, Rowdy Telez with an 0 for night last night. Keston Hura gets in uh, and gets himself a 1 at bat but went down 1, 2, 3. And then Hunter Renfro was an 0 for last night. Narvaez had the uh, had the uh, the one base knock and scored a run as well. And Low Kane ro- excuse me, roped a ball into the corner last night, hit uh, with a little bit of authority going one for two, scored a run, and walked last night as well. So not a bad night at the plate. Good stuff. All that kind of good stuff for the, uh, for the uh, Brewers last night. They knock off the Pittsburgh Pirates. Back at it again tonight. Game two coming up this evening. Let's do this. Uh, we're going to take a quick break because we're going to get uh, Brandon Woodruff on the line. He's going to be joining us coming up in a couple of minutes. This portion of the program, as always, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Don't forget the Bud Light Hard Soda. They've done it right. Zero sugar. They've got the classic cola, the cherry cola. They've got the orange sodas as well. So many good things. And orange uh, and the citrus orange soda as well. Bud Light, they've nailed it. They got it right. Zero sugar. Enjoy responsibly. When we come back, pitcher for your Milwaukee Brewers, Brandon Woodruff, going to join us. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad you're here, for lack of a better term. Just uh, kind of a black day. That's okay. Brewers get a win last night. Seems warmer. When they win, all is right with the world. Bucks hopefully tomorrow night get win number two against the uh, Chicago Bulls. Glad to have you back on the program. And uh, joining us now, pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and Wisconsin State Fair goer from last year, our buddy Brandon Woodruff is back with us. Uh, Brandon, how you been? I'm good, man. Uh, just getting settled in, going from... Um, ninety degree weather in Arizona. To, I don't think it seems to get above forty five here so far. So we're just waiting on the the sun to keep peeking through and, and get get warmer. So you're into the season. You're now 10, 11 games in. How long does it take you? Once you come out of spring training, it's kind of a weird scenario this year because it was a ramped-up, accelerated spring training. You get into the season, like you said, you leave warm Arizona. You go play in cold Chicago. you got to go down to Baltimore. You're finally back home. How long does it take you to get settled in? Uh, it takes a little bit. This this year has been, well, the last few years has been different as a whole. And, um I mean, if you really look at it, um, you know, the the first couple outings of the season um, are still technically supposed to be spring training outings if you you account for a full spring training. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, guys are, are still trying to get into a groove and, and get going, and it's such a such a long year. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it takes a little bit to, to get settled in, but but once you do, it's it's um, everybody's good to go. Uh, your first outing versus your second outing, is it a big difference as far as changes or video or what you did? Because the first one wasn't your best, obviously, but the second one you came out just dealing. Was there something you did, or did you just start to feel better or get into a groove? Uh, just a couple mechanical changes. Like like I mentioned, Like it, it takes a little bit to get going for me. Um, but once I kind of nail some stuff down and, and can feel right, I feel like I can sustain that for a while. And um, that doesn't necessarily mean results in a way because baseball game is is uh, is, is crazy. <laughs> so, um, but just just trying to get to the point where I feel good. And I felt like the uh, St. Louis compared to the Chicago, I was in a better spot in terms of being able to throw strikes and, and kind of do what I wanted to with the baseball. And um, so now just trying to get more consistent with that and you know run along with that throughout the season. Uh, looking at all the preseason predictions, you guys are obviously picked to win the division in many different facets. Um, how difficult is it, though? And I try to explain this to people because they just say on paper, this is what it is. You know, Corbin's going to be dealing. You're going to be dealing. Then you look at Freddie and what he did last year. No problem. Pitching staff's great. But how tough is it to emulate last year when you have success to this year? Because yeah. it really is a different time. It's different. Um, you're, every team now has a DH. Um that makes up a little bit of difference. You're you're not uh, facing a pitcher there sometimes in the lineup. Um, I mean, it's just the game of baseball is so difficult. Yes, we we expect to have those same results or even better, um, but it's going to be a different year. It's just it's a different time for baseball. Um, we don't know how the season is going to go. Wish I had a had a uh, crystal ball and could tell you that we were going to all. Um, put up the numbers we did last year but um you know we're expecting to do better but uh we'll just see how it unfolds but it's a different year um and you can already tell with that extra hitter in there uh, in the lineup it makes a difference so uh just just trying to adjust to that and go out there and just try to keep making pitches and um you know we'll see where we're at at the end of the year Talking with Brandon Woodruff, uh, Brewers pitcher, joining us on the hotline. Uh, when you guys finally get uh, fans in the stands, you have a normal opening day. Do you breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief because the last two years for you guys have been so tumultuous? Yes. Uh, no, it was nice getting to throw the home opener. Uh, it was packed out. It just felt felt normal. It felt right. Um, and you know what? Hopefully that's the case going forward. And uh, you're right. The last couple of years have been weird. They've been different. Um, and that's just kind of what we've been we've had to deal with. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely a breath of, of fresh air getting to um, our home open series and um, seeing a lot of Brewers fans. So it was definitely fun. When I was listening to Andrew McCutcheon describe the the incident, we'll say when he got hit down in Chicago, and, yeah. and the incident aside, I'm listening to him talk, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy's a vet. He gets it. He's well-spoken when it comes to kind of expressing what guys think inside, you know, careers, clubhouses and such. Has he become, even though he's kind of that DH, but because he's a veteran, he's been there, done that, he become kind of a very quiet leader? Oh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say he's he's real quiet, but, um, and not in a bad way, but 
he's uh, he's vocal and he is definitely a uh, a veteran leader and he brings that presence to the clubhouse and and you're right he's been there he's done that he's been in about every situation he's won an MVP and um, just a, a great person and a great ball player so he brings a lot to the table and um, we're very lucky to have him. Then you've got a guy like uh, Lorenzo Kane. He's kind of said this might be his last hurrah. Christian Yelich coming off of a couple of subpar performances, but busts out in a big way last night. Both of those guys contributed last night. Does it take one or two games like that to maybe jumpstart some guys to get them going? Because I know last night, watching watching Yelich with his swing, how majestic it was, and he boomed that grand slam. It wasn't like it was just got out. It was gone. Does it, something like that get guys going? Yeah, definitely. Uh... You just never know uh, when things are going to click in a, in a sense. and uh, But, yeah, I mean, it just takes a game or two, and next thing you know, a guy's in a good spot, and they rely on that and uh, just try to get as consistent as possible and, and keep trying to do the right things to uh, be successful. So, yeah, I mean, it just takes, it just takes an instance, and you never know when that's going to be. When you uh, outside looking in, when you lose a couple of games early, fans who are salivating for baseball to come back, they start to panic. They start to say, oh, my God, the sky is falling. And in baseball, how difficult is it? Because you're in that clubhouse. You know it's a grind. You know it's a long season. You know one week can turn it around, especially early on in a season. How difficult is it not to start to think in the back of your head that maybe the sky is falling? Or maybe you don't even care. You're just like, you know what? We just got to grind it out. This is the end of our spring training. We go through the dead arm period. We go through the tired period, the dead leg period. We just got to get through that and keep going. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much stuff that goes into a full season that um, in terms of you looking at record and stuff, it, I feel like we've always never really come out of the gate hot, but there's always that instance in the season where we just start playing really, really good baseball and kind of catch fire. And you know what? That's kind of what kind of what every team, you know, if, they, if they're at the top of the division, that's what they're going to do. So um, you look at last year when we had such a big lead at the end of the year and then the Cardinals just called absolute fire winning, I don't know, what is it, 17, 18 games in a row. And you just never know when that's going to happen. But when you do, you just ride that wave as long as possible. But uh, that's why baseball is is such a, uh, a mental sport. Uh, you got to be mentally tough to, to grind out 162. It is a long, long year. And uh, I don't think many people realize that. And, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a long year, but you just gotta, gotta stick with it and stay to your day to day process and just, just keep going. How is it using the pitch.com device? Uh, I canned it after about the third inning in Chicago, um, went out <laughs> on the, in the middle of the inning and I didn't like it. And, um, for that's for me personally, some other guys still use it, I think, but, um, it just, it, it brings a, a different element to the game. Yeah, I can see there's some benefits to it, but um, it just it's it's weird having a little voice in your ear and and when the crowd gets loud and all that stuff. I'd rather just you know be normal and have signs. Now, can you pick the voice, or is it like just a standard computerized voice, or is it that British um, lady that gives you instructions, yeah. <laughs> directions to your I, GPS, or what? I actually think they told us in spring training that you can record, like if, if we wanted our voice on it, we could record our own voice, you know, on it. So um, I can't remember. I don't know whose voice it was. It was only somebody on our on our staff. And um, But, yeah, it was uh, – you can record your own voice, I believe, if you wanted to. But it just <laughs> – 
it, it just it was a little a little different, but there are some benefits to it. But um, at the end of the day, I like to be as as normal as possible and 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 just go that way. Before I let you go, I got to ask you: Do you do you wish you could still hit? Uh, did you like hitting as a as a National League pitcher? Um, I tell you, it was it was fun, but the the thing when I'm pitching, man, I'm to- totally focused on pitching, and sometimes I'm sitting there on the on the uh, and the, on the bench, and they're like, hey, man, you got to go on, you know, get on deck. You're you know, you're about to be up, and you kind of have to lock in on that. But now it's just strictly you know worrying about pitching and how am I going to make pitches, and um, that's what it strictly comes down to now. But yeah, I, I mean, I did enjoy getting in the box and hitting because that's something I did as a kid growing up my whole life, and um, but you know what? It's different. So uh, just got to get, get used to that and uh, roll with that. The cerebral side, I felt, of the National League style of play, I thought was so interesting, not only for the managerial aspect, but for the fans to try to think ahead, obviously, for what it is we do when it comes to second-guessing and such. But I just thought that there was such an art to the National League style, whether it was a pitcher dropping down a sacrifice, a double switch and things. I just thought there was an art to it that now is gone. Yes, I completely agree. That was one thing uh, that I I kind of miss about it. You have to think through so many different options, and that's where the the chess game comes out. Um, Yeah, there's just so much stuff you have to think ahead for. And um, you know what? When we go to the the interleague, it kind of takes away the experience of the interleague play. you know, when we go to the AL or um, the AL teams come to us, it just kind of takes that experience away for, for both sides. And um, there was definitely uh, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, thinking ahead going on and, 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 you know, trying to figure things out in the National League for sure. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Best of luck to you in the near future, and I hope to talk to you again down the road. And if not, we'll see you at the Wisconsin State Fair hopefully in August, okay? Yes, sir. You sure will. Thank you, guys. All right. Great stuff, Brandon. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Brandon Woodruff, uh, pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, joining us for a couple of minutes uh, on the hotline. And uh, thanks to him for I, – I, there is an art to National League baseball that is gone. Now, like he said, it's just as a pitcher, you just go out and concentrate on pitching. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, but there is an art to it. That's Speaking of pitching, did you see last night who threw out the first pitch at uh, the ballpark, Ben Kenny? Uh, yes, I did. I believe I commented on it. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did, as a matter of fact. I forgot that you did. Uh, Quadzilla was there last night. Good stuff. And uh, he did He did go to the top of the mound. He he didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. He wound up, threw one with a little bit of heat. Now, it was high and outside. Uh, the I don't know who the catcher was. I couldn't tell you. I, they didn't have, like, one of the brewers that were out there. The brewers took very limited... Uh, We'll say infield and, and hitting last night. Uh, when I got there, the Pirates were on the field already, and um, the Brewers didn't didn't do a whole lot. Uh, they uh, did a little bit of uh, a little bit of ground balls and a, a few things after the fact, and then that was it. Uh, the Brewers didn't get out there too early last yesterday. Um, but then Quadzilla went to the mound, got a nice ovation. What's really sad is when they have that. Um, there was hardly anybody in the ballpark at that point. And if they were, they were, you know, standing at the concession stand. They, you know, now they played go pack go and, you know, a few things, uh, when, when he went to the mound, but, um, and it's good to see those guys. Don't get me wrong. It's good to see AJ Dillon 
down on the on the hill, but he didn't get a chance really to to get accolades from the fans. It's it it was so sparse last night. Uh, I don't even know how many people were actually there in the uh, in the stands last night. I got to think that it was minimal at best. I never did see what the final box score was for the uh, total crowd at the ballpark last night, but uh, not not a huge crowd by any stretch of the imagination. Not even close. Uh, but a good a good night last night. A win. Eric Lauer, like I said, six strong, only giving up one run. Uh, did his job last night. Back to the top. Now you got Brandon Woodruff on the hill tonight in Game Two against Pittsburgh, hoping to get the win tonight, thus winning the series and continuing to move forward. Uh, Bucks tomorrow, Game Two between uh, them and Chicago down at the Pfizer Forum. So we got a lot going on, and we've got some Packers stuff to talk about. I saw Good Morning Football today over on the NFL Network, and talking about the Green Bay Packers. They were talking about the the needs, if you will. And there was uh, some thoughts on the Packers making a deal and or bringing in another free agent, which I found rather interesting. And I want to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Uh, stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Hey, our friends at Color Windows and Doors of Wisconsin want you to uh, know that time is running out for the end of the month because uh, if you're going to get some of the uh, cash off the windows, and throwing in that patio door, you've only got a limited amount of time all the way through the end of the month through April 30th. When you buy three Pella windows, you're going to save 500 bucks when you add a patio door. You buy six, you save 1000 when you buy a patio door. You buy a dozen, you save 2000 You get the uh, get the math. And, uh, well, all you got to do is add that patio door. And they have six different lines. They have the uh, the vinyl windows, the economical vinyl windows. They have the Impervia, which is harder than fiberglass. It's the hardest material. Then there's the wood windows, which are absolutely fantastic. Three different lines there from contemporary to traditional. You can pick the hardware. You can pick, uh, say, a roll screen. You can pick a slider window, the exterior, the interior, all of that, all of that. With our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, all you got to do is add a patio door and you save hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. So just go to Pella wi.com that is pella wi.com and uh, tell them we sent you go to pella wi.com or call them 855 pella wi that is 855 pella wi and and check out uh, everything at pella wi.com or uh, pella windows and doors and what they have to offer here in wisconsin good stuff so i'm watching this morning on good morning football and the discussion of the Green Bay Packers and the lack of wide receiver help they have started to come up and what Sammy Watkins brings to the team. And I think we can all agree that Sammy Watkins, uh, with the deal that he signed, uh, he's got incentives. He's got the ability to make up to $4 million bucks. Okay, great. Uh, the breakdown basically goes something like this. The base salary is $1.12 million. Pro-rated bonus, $350,000. Per-game roster bonus, $330,000. Workout bonus, $50,000. The cap number... $1.772 million, and he's got the ability to make additional incentives beyond that. So, that being said, the thought is that you got Sammy Watkins kind of on a prove it deal. You still have Alan Lazard, who is good, Chris Brout runner, semi trusted by Aaron Rodgers, 
but not a guy that blows the lid off. You've got Randall Cobb, aging veteran, trusted friend, good more so in when, when the play breaks down and Aaron Rodgers needs somebody on the same page with him to be able to then say come back to him to catch the football. Okay, good in that area. Amari Rodgers, we don't know yet. We don't know what he's going to be. Then you've got other guys that are guys. So the thought is, by many, that the Packers need to make an additional deal. That they need to go out and find somebody else, bring somebody else in. Here's the here's the rub. When you start to look at some of these wide receivers that are getting big dollars, they weren't necessarily first-round draft choices. Everybody's got an evaluation of talent, okay? Everybody looks at certain things and says, well, this guy should have gone in this round. This guy should have gone in that round. Uh, look at what he's doing as a third or fourth round draft choice. And and now this guy is going to be a, a gazillionaire because of, of his ability, the way he's excelled, whether it's in the system with a particular quarterback, because he's learned certain techniques from a certain coach, whatever it may be. So on one hand, we as fans want to see the Packers go out, spend some money. You're going for it. You don't have time to develop people. And that's true. On the other, there is value. And I can't say I'm necessarily buying into all of this, but there is value if you find someone in the draft that just emerges, that you just see and you say, okay, that guy has got it. That guy, that guy is, is the real deal. And you watch him fall on the draft board and he falls to you in the second or the third or the fourth round. Okay. Um, then you start to get it and you start to say, okay, it all is not lost. If the Packers don't get another veteran wide receiver, however, however, to the other side of the coin, uh, I still think they're going to take somebody in the first round. I still think they're going to either move up to get one of the guys that they really believe in is going to be an impact player. Uh, I still, but, but I still think they take a wide receiver in the first round. But I think they're going to get one, if not two more, later in the draft. They're going to just take the buckshot approach. Get as much talent as we can and see what sticks. Maybe the first-round guy doesn't stick, but maybe the third-round guy or the fourth-round guy does. But I think they're going, because they got, what, 10 picks? I think they're going to take as much of a shot at some of these guys as you can. You stay true to your board. Stay true to your board. But I uh, I, I just I, I have a feeling that they're going to get at least one in the first and then probably one, if not two more, beyond that to see what actually sticks. And they're looking for the value. Now, former general managers are all saying the same thing. Uh, if you watch, uh, I was watching ESPN. They're saying, look, you can't go into the season knowing you only have two seasons basically with Aaron Rodgers. And it could be a year-to-year thing. But knowing that you could go through this again next year, you got a shot. You don't want to blow all your money, but you also don't want to waste the opportunity. You're really in a fine area quandary right now. So what you want to do is if, and, and again, the Packers don't have a lot of money. It's not like they're sitting out there with Miami Dolphin money and then go get Tariq Hill and pay him that kind of a crazy salary for $30 million a year. You can't do that. 
You can't go get a Jarvis Landry at $20 million a year. You can't do that. So you're either going to wait for, as, as we had talked about yesterday, just a, a brief period of time, you're going to wait for some of these guys that can't find jobs, that have these high salary requirements, but still want to win a championship. You're going to try to find them, and you're going to talk to them. And you're going to say, hey, look, we're not going to pay this. We can't. It's not that we don't want to or we don't feel that you're worth a certain amount, but we would like to go short-term for a little bit, maybe more money, but more of a prove-it deal. And, hey, if you want to be a free agent after this and you have success with Aaron Rodgers, which you probably could if you're healthy, then you can go off and shop your wares anywhere else in the next year or two. But this is what our plan is. So if you want to come to us, if you want a legitimate shot at a championship, here you go. That's all the Packers have to offer. That's it. They don't have – they can't sit down and just go, you know what, you're coming to play with Aaron Rodgers, you're coming to Lambeau Field, you're coming to one of the more storied franchises in all of football, you got a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl, but we're going to pay you $20 million a year. They can't do that. They don't have it. They don't have it. They just don't. So they're going to have to basically be really, really good in personnel evaluations when it comes to the draft and maybe get a second or even third-tier depth receiver to help them. So you don't need Sammy Watkins and a bunch of young guys. What you could use is Sammy Watkins and another, say, if you do pick up a guy like a Jarvis Landry, one of these guys on the outside looking in, you pick up another veteran, and then you pick up a couple of good wideouts, and then they all just mix and mosh together. And then you just run out there with the best that you have or whatever circumstance or situation they happen to fit. You kind of go in that. That's the way they're going to get it done. They're not going to go out and find themselves um, a DK Metcalf. It's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not with these guys that have kind of banded together to say, look, we see what the money is now. Tariq Hill's $30 million. Devontae Adams, $28 million. We got other guys making $20, 25000000 million. No, 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 no. We're worth more. Third, fourth year of our deal. We're not coming back till we get these deals. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna waste our time right now. The money's going crazy for guys that are true weapons in this league. No, 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 no. It's time for us to get paid. And then some of these teams are gonna have to make decisions on guys in their third year as to what they're gonna do. Because if you got a guy that you believe is gonna be special, you go ahead and pay that man. Get it done. Save yourself a little bit of money on the back end. Run the risk, obviously, because you got him for two more years with limited money, but you don't want to let him get to that fourth year or even into that fifth year. And then all of a sudden, like we've seen now, where it just skyrockets, which is the reason Jair Alexander's numbers are almost, depending on what they're going to do with him, Jair Alexander, it, it with every day that goes by, the money's going up. With what we've seen happen over in Cleveland, they whether or not you like Cleveland and you think Cleveland's a real deal or not, or they're idiots or you know whatever, doesn't matter. They've raised the bar. This is what guys are being paid now for this particular talent in the NFL. And so <laughs> Jair Alexander has done nothing, nothing but make money this offseason. Nothing. He could sit there right now, eat a Big Mac, and 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 drink some soda and fries, kick his feet up, play a little video game, and all he's doing is making money with each passing moment because the price is going up. And the Packers, I'm sure the Packers wanted to get him signed, and maybe he didn't want to because it takes two. 
Maybe he wanted to say, hey, let's wait. Let's wait a little bit. We got some guys that are sitting out there. I want to see what they go for. It's probably a smart move by his people. But for the Packers, now look. So what you wanted out of Jair was to get him renegotiated, to get a contract extension, to get that number to come down, and then everything could just you breathe easy. He gets paid. He gets his money up front. He's happy. And now, now, how are you going to get that salary down? How are you going to get that down? It's a huge amount of money that's going around right now for corners in the NFL. He's he's making money. Every time he takes a breath, he's making money. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Hey, our friends over at Wabam, W-A-B-A-M, go to getwabam.com, cleaning products. And if you are a detailer, if you're a car guy, a motorcycle person, whatever it happens to be, maybe industrial, janitorial, go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, if you're going to be heading down to the ballpark anytime soon, you can do a little tailgating, maybe stop off and see our friends over there at Quick Trip. They got you covered. Bacon wrap fillets. Oh, so good. 99 cents. Limit five right now over there at uh, Quick Trip. And in addition to that, uh, you've got all the other fixings. You've got hot dogs, hamburger. You can get their brats, buns, all the condiments, a little bit out of the beer cave if you choose to do so. They even have some liquor. If you want to get really crazy down there and uh, if you're down there toasting uh, a brewer's victory, you can do that too. All kinds of things over there, Quick Trip. Or maybe you just want to take a a big package of family fried chicken and grab yourself a couple of sweet teas. They have that. I mean, there's so many different options over there with our friends at Quick Trip. Don't forget, stop in, though, the bacon wrap pork fillets. 99 cents each, limit five, and it's great for kicking off the grilling season. Or you can even grill them in the oven. Throw them in the oven. You're good to go. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, if you want to find us. Uh, you want to drop an email to me, you can do so as well. TheBillMichaels at gmail.com. That is TheBillMichaels at gmail.com. You can hit us up there as well. Maybe you'll hit us up over on Facebook or on YouTube. YouTube, great way to follow the show. Go to YouTube.com slash BillMichaels, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, Bill Michaels Show. Same thing over on Twitch TV, but again, if you want to drop us an email, the good old-fashioned email, you can chime in that way, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail, gmail.com. Uh, Brantley says Packers should uh, trade a second-round pick to Pittsburgh uh, for Deontay Johnson. Uh, Ricky said, exactly. Alexander costing more and more money the longer they wait. Sign him now, which had they signed him three days ago, they would have gotten him a lot cheaper now. Oof. Big time money. Big time money. Um, this is from Robin. says, don't you think the Packers allocate a certain amount of money to each position group? Packers uh, don't pay and draft wide receivers like the Cowboys. They, um, see, normally I would agree with you on that. But the problem with that is that because so much money has been put to certain groups, 
So much money's gone to the quarterback. So much money's gone to a middle linebacker. So much money's gone to a center. Some or to a, a nose tackle. So much money's gone to a tackle. Uh, so much money is going to be paid to a corner. When you find quality guys, you have to determine who you're going to keep and who you're not going to keep. You know. So. I. I think you kind of got to throw the, the 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 payment book out the window for what you're allocating per position, because you you have different circumstances. If you're the Packers, prior to say three four years ago, yeah, you probably have so much money allocated for certain groups, but because things have changed, the the Packers formula, philosophy, if you will, it's it's out the window right now. As long as you have a viable opportunity with an aging quarterback who has what? One, two, three, four, five years left? You don't know. As long as you have the window open, you're pushing your money to the table. You're saying, here we go. Let's let's do this. What is going to give us the best, sh- best shot at winning? That's where you're at right now. You know? Uh, Robin says, crazy thought, though. Maybe uh, he plays this year and then you franchise tag him and trade him the following year if the Packers don't have enough money to end up signing him, which is a real possibility. You wanted to get that money, though, back. You wanted to get further under the salary cap. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you look at the the, uh, the over the cap or if you look at sport track or whatever it happens to be, some of those some of those sites right now, the Green Bay Packers, I think they're like 12, depending on um, which one you look at, they're like 12 to 14, yeah, 14, 15 million out of the cap right now. If you look at uh, sport track, they're 14.9 under the cap. Now, about seven of that has to be allocated for your your draft choices. Okay, so that takes you down to what seven point nine. So just about eight million bucks. That's not a lot of money to go into the season with. You were hoping to get Jair signed, and maybe you would then because right now Jair is the third highest paid player on the team. Did you know that? He's he's making more money this season than Preston Smith is, than Kenny Clark is, than Dean Lowry is. Adrian Amos is. He's making uh, $110,000 less than David Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari is 13.4. Uh, J- Jair Alexander is 13.3. Bakhtiari is 13.42. And uh, 13.294 is uh, Jair. But you get the point. He's the third highest paid player on the team. The rest of these guys are all veterans. Second contracts, all that kind of stuff. Jair? sitting there making 13.2. They were hoping that this would be it, that they could renegotiate or extend that deal and get that down to about seven this year, maybe six, you know, something like that. Save about six million, seven million bucks in case you needed to go out and pick up an OBJ or something like that during the season if indeed he comes back and he's he's able to play, which is not out of the realm of possibility. But that's what you – but now – when you look at look at Denzel Ward, he's making twenty million a year. That salary's not going down; it's going up. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you look at the calculated market view right now, 
for what guys should be making. Now, this was as of yesterday prior to the signings, but Jair was projected per year to be about 15.8 to 16.4 million a year. Now that's obviously gone up. Whereas Rodgers, his value, his cap hit this season is 28.5, but his value in the market would be 46.6. Whereas Rashawn Gary, you got him kind of on the cheap right now. He's making uh, uh, 5.051 cap hit this year, where his value is 20.5. And he has surpassed expectations by far. And kudos to him for doing so. So the the Packers have a few guys on the cheap right now, but when all this starts to come due, you got to make some decisions, man. You got to make some decisions. 877-867-1670. Uh, AutoCat says, is Jair a fragile corner? Resign Kevin King, trade Jair, and draft a corner. New. New. I, um... No. <laughs> Let's do this. We're going to step away. Take a quick break. One hour down. We got three yet to go. We got three yet to go. We're off to a fast start today already. Hang in there. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 